Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. This episode of Gators Breakdown teaming up with the Gator Collective once again, bringing you their latest uh, Twitter spaces, a preview of that. Not the whole episode. you got to be a Gator Collective member to get the whole episode, but we'll give you a preview right here on Gators Breakdown. Tyreek Zapp, Dante Zanders, Lorenzo Lingar, some spring standouts. Uh, Talk to the fan base a bit on that Twitter spaces, uh, but you get the preview uh, here on uh, this episode of Gators Breakdown. And also extending that a bit, the, the latest 84 reasons with Ben Troop as he talks to linebacker Ventrell Miller. So a lot of good stuff the Gator Collective is doing there. And we'll get into it right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. Almost at 9,000 subscribers on YouTube. Thank you, everyone who's subscribed already. If you haven't, hit that subscribe button. You get the notifications when Gators Breakdown goes live or a new episode is up. So help us out right there. And be sure to check us out. At the home of Gators Breakdown, news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. So, you know, before we get started, look, if it seems like I'm passionate about the Gator Collective, well, it's because I am. Uh, we all know name, image, and likeness is, is huge in college sports right now. It's the talk of the town and recruiting, of course. And look, I'm passionate uh, about the Gator Collective. I've got to work with Ed, uh, Eddie, and, and, and Jen. And look, I know the work they're doing. I know the work they're doing for the University of Florida players. Uh, all the sports right there, but also know that the difference it has made so far and is making and will make. And current players, look, they're deciding to stay at the University of Florida because of this name, image, and likeness opportunity uh, the Gator Collective has given them. Yes, monetary value, and we're not going to hide it. Uh, it's, it's a driving force behind this, of course, but 
There's more to it than that. Uh, it's helping players open up by having these type of interviews and events, uh, the appearances they're, they're, they're doing as well through the Gadget Collective. That, in turn, has helped us fans uh, get to know these players even more through all this access that we've never, never had before. The players learn how to build relationships, uh, develop life skills uh, through the Gadget Collective. It is making a difference and I know the difference everyone wants to see is in recruiting. Me too, of course. But uh, look, I've been told the number one topic that comes up by every recruit when they're visiting, when they're talking to current players, is name, image, and likeness. What can the University of Florida do in the NIL world? That is the number one topic. It's just time to accept it. <laughs> this is going to be a part of recruiting. Landscape is changing. Florida needs to be prepared to satisfy through name, image, and likeness. Gator Nation, you can help. You can help do your part through the Gator Collective. So the link is in the description. You can scan that QR code on your screen right now. You can join that way for as little as five, six bucks a month. So if you can do it, do it. It, it, it helps out. I promise it, it, it's, go, it's going a long way. You're doing good things. That money's being put to good use there. And you get access to special episodes through the Gator Collective, like these Twitter spaces. Like I said, you'll get a preview of it here. Not the whole entire episode, but get a preview. If you want to listen to the rest of it, you can join the Gator Collective. But, yeah, let's get to that right now. Let's get to that uh, preview of the Gator Collective spaces with Tyreek Sapp, Dante Zanders, Lorenzo Lingard, these spring standouts. This is Jen with the Gator Collective. Super excited for this. Um, it's been a little bit since we've had a spaces event. And I know that all the fans have been paying attention pretty um, intently to spring ball and what's been going on. And, um, you know, we wanted to get some of the, the biggest names on that, that have come out of spring ball. And so we're thrilled tonight to have Lorenzo Lingard with us tonight, Dante Zanders, Tyreek Sapp, and uh, hopefully D1 joins us at some point here soon. Um, and then, Chris and Harrison are here to host. I know um, some of you guys know them. So really excited uh, for tonight's spaces. So with that, I will turn it over to Chris and Harrison. What up, Chris? Hey, Harrison, how's it going? I'm good. Hey, you? Doing pretty good. Um, excited for tonight. Definitely a lot of, uh, I think if anybody was on the timeline today, there was a lot of good news to go around um, with the Gator Collective and, just really for all of Gator Nation, and I'm sure the players in here, I'm sure, I'm sure they saw the news too and are very excited. So great day for us and, and coming out of now a week removed from the spring game. Um, just a lot of good things going on in the program. So excited to hear from from everyone here. So, fellas, I'm, I guess we'll just go ahead and open it up with that. Um, we're one week removed now from the spring game. You know, what? how's everybody doing? You know, we're kind of recovering from that. But um, what is your thoughts just exiting the spring right now from, from practice in that game um, and kind of carrying that momentum into the season. Um, Who want to go first? Uh, I felt like it was a good spring for overall for offense and defense. Um, I felt like the – how can I say this? Coach Napier, he helped bring the offense and defense together before felt like we were kind of separated, always competing. But he taught us how to come together, be able to compete, and still be a team. So I think overall it was a, it was a great spring because of just understanding the concept of everything and also the players by becoming united together. 
Um, and yeah, piggybacking on like what Tay said, just us being able to come together. I felt like that was one of the coaches' main things coming in, just making sure we had that togetherness, that togetherness. And that was one of the best things that he did because now I feel like we can gel together and have more chemistry and we can actually play harder for each other because you got more guys who are committed and who are more willing. Yeah, and uh, Lorenzo, so this, this Lorenzo Lingard, um, basically, like, the whole spring, I feel like um, the difference was um, we, we didn't have too many bad days. So, I mean, probably had about – two bad days out of the whole spring. So, overall, coming out, I think the offense is in good shape and the defense. Yeah, just like Rizzo said, yeah, I feel like the offense and the defense is in pretty good shape. And then the anticipation that we have going into the season after just such a great spring and how the coaches came in and, and they just were committed. They were ready. We both came in blindly. We didn't really know each other. So, it was just it's just great to see how it's all coming together after just so much time and so much and so much on and off feelings about things. Everybody's pretty unsure, so it, it just feels good to have a come through a great spring camp and then have the anticipation of having a great season and feel like that we really can. So we just gonna take this momentum into the off season. Everybody gonna go home and work on whatever they feel like they need to work on deficiencies, even injuries get treatment on injuries. I just feel like by the time the fall hits, we're going to come back as an even better team than you see now. So just be ready for that. Now, a lot of you guys, um, like I know you guys have talked about the difference between last season and this spring. Obviously, new coaching staff changes everything. But what would you, what would you guys say the biggest difference on offense is from the position you played? I know, Dante, you were – you were playing defense, defense, defensive line, and on defense last year. But Lorenzo, from as a running back, like what's the biggest difference you've noticed from the running game last year to this year? Like, what has is is it easier for you? Does it fit you better? Like, oh yeah, um, most definitely. Uh, I feel like uh, we run the ball more, so so that's a good thing. Um, definitely fits. Uh, it fits my style. And to be honest, I haven't seen the old line and this of uh, and like basically they're in great shape, you know. They're all making their good blocks, you know, double teaming, getting up to the backer. So I feel like this spring the old line made huge improvements. That's that's always good to hear because I know whenever you whenever we switch the offense, the O line scheme, obviously with the run game it changes as well. So I'm glad that benefits you, and hopefully it benefits the rest of the other uh, the rest of the other backs as well. Right, Chris, you got anything? Yeah, I mean, kind of touching on what you were just saying, Harrison, um, Dante, moving from you know defensive line. Well, I guess you you started at tight end when you came in the program, moved to the defensive line, and now you're back at tight end again. Um, maybe just touch on that journey real quick of you know kind of switching positions multiple times and then finally seeming like really getting a huge opportunity this spring. Um, so first when I came in, obviously I was um, a tight end, came in, my tight end coach was Coach Scott at the time. I felt like <clears throat> I, my body and my mind mentally wasn't prepared for offense. So <clears throat> that was like, that was also an issue I came, like when I first came in, I was kind of down on myself. I have no reasoning why I just was. And then I felt like switching over to defense because that's what I played in high school. 
like it allowed me to go back to who I really was, like my roots. And that allowed me to build my confidence. And then <clears throat> when after that, um, Coach Mullen left and Coach Napier came, he asked me to switch back. He told me he's seen things like he's seen in during identity during identity phase. He's seen how like my body was and he's seen how I can run and everything. He said he's seen the tight end in me that he felt like that was the best decision for me to make it <clears throat> to be able to make it to where I want to go. And it'll be the best interest of the team. So just the overall change was good. It was like something I felt like it was planned all along. I just needed to get like my body and my um and my mind in the right place together at the same time, if it makes sense. Or do you think you would have? Do you think you would have switched to tight end, like regard this season, regardless of the coaching staff, or was that kind of this is best for me? And obviously, we've had a couple tight end injuries this spring as well. Or did that play a part of it, or was this strictly like I'm switching back to tight end decision? Um, it was a decision that they asked me a couple of times and like they told me that they can see me playing tight end, but I felt like in my heart that it wasn't like, like I was meant to be a D lineman and then they just kept telling me, like everybody kept telling me like, Dante, we can see you there. We can see you at that position. So multiple people telling me multiple coaches and then having those two injuries and, um, that gave me like the opportunity to actually like be like, okay, you know what, let me do what's best for the team, go over, and it just worked out. Um, Yeah, Chris? Yeah. yeah, no, so I guess, you know, kind of Dante and Lorenzo, this might be kind of a question for you. Just watching the spring game, it just seemed like the offense um, was really moving well, especially in a lot of those RPO, uh, you know, formations and plays. Um, you know, how, I mean, I guess, how has the offense really changed from, I guess, a spread attack to more of, uh, what it is now? I don't know what we really would call it, but what are some of the major differences in the scheme? Um, basically you got to stop the run and if you stop the run, uh, we're going to pass the ball. So really it forces the, uh, the corners and linebackers to really focus on, you know, their right reads. Cause basically if they make one wrong read, Anthony going to pull the ball and run. I'm going to get five yards, uh, five to ten yards carry. Or basically, Woodmore or Western is going to be open. So basically, it's like, okay, we got guys that can make plays. So basically, we put pressure on the defense. Okay, stop us our running. Okay, but if you key in on a run, we're going to pass the ball. And if you key in on me, Anthony going to run a touchdown. So it's like, you know, so like overall, it's good. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. My bad. I was talking. On, I was talking on mute. Um, now, Tyreek, we've talked about a little bit about the offense, but Tyreek, you got here. You got here a little late last year. I think it was August. Um, what's the biggest difference from the defensive line on the old scheme to the new scheme? Like gaps, formations, anything 
like that? Like, what's has your role changed as a defensive end from the old staff to the new staff? Uh, not really. Cause we really have like some of the same guys. I, one thing I can say that's changed just the mentality and the want to for each other. Cause like now you're dealing with a D line who's willing to put their body on the line for any through anything and just you just willing like everybody's just very very willing coach chaos came in and he's the type of coach i want he coaches hard and he loves to coach hard but at the same time he loves to have fun as well we are like we call ourselves the wild dogs and like he our pack leader so like when he he like he motive he does a great job of not just motivating us but actually teaching us and giving us the tools that we need to go out there and perform at our best and how we want to. And the good thing and the great thing about Coach Chaos, he wants to see everybody perform. So on the D line, I feel like everybody's pretty much performing at a high level. Everybody's showing that they want to be there and we actually fully engaged and we have our obviously we have like our older guys, like our leaders, like we have Princely, we got Javon. So, you know, we piggyback out those guys. We piggyback out those guys. And we we always try to one-up each other. We motivate each other every day. But scheme-wise, schematically, I feel like everybody's in their perfect position. We even have, like, our young guy, even uh, Christian McClellan. He came in. He was very, very willing. You know, he still has his, has his young guy things going on. Like, that. everything that a, a freshman would have to work on. So, it's nothing. It's nothing um, pretty critical. But... Overall, I feel like D line's pretty solid. Matter of fact, above bump solid. I feel like we're gonna be great just with this work that's gonna happen over the course of over the course of probably like these uh, two three months. And man, when we get ready to take off. It's gonna be hey, it's gonna be one to watch for sure. I know. Hi, um, go ahead, my bad. Uh, go ahead, eat fish, Eric. Go ahead. Now I was gonna say, is it? I know you said it, everyone's willing to put put their body on line, but do you think it's one thing we heard from? kind of the back end and the linebackers was it was at times the scheme last year was confusing is it kind of is it any simpler or is it just the same because i don't know i'm not the expert on the d-line is it simpler or is it more complicated or right. is it just easier I get, I get what you're trying to say i can give it to you like this yeah just do a great job of explaining and making sure everybody understands what they have to do. So even at times where you don't know what to do, you ask a question and they will do anything it takes to make sure you can clear it up. It doesn't matter. They'll like it's just like a learning curve. Like however you learn, you don't have to you don't have to adjust to them. They will adjust to you. And that's the great thing about this coaching style. I wouldn't say the scheme is simpler. It's just that I feel like coaches take more time and put more emphasis in making sure everybody not just the starters or the second team or like they put a lot of emphasis on making sure everybody knows what they're doing if you don't you can always come upstairs get extra time in they just it's just a lot of emphasis on making sure everybody knows and making sure that you're doing your job to know because you know everybody has their individual individual responsibility on knowing the playbook but they also give you the benefit of the doubt by saying like if you need to know this like let us know why you're not understanding so they can actually give it to us in a way that we can understand and, and know so that's been a big thing and you know just trying to be as especially as defensive alignment it makes us and one thing like about this defensive line this year you're going to see a whole lot of better play because we're going to be more third dimensional we know a lot was going on on the field. This defensive line, our coach, Coach Spence, came in. He's actually taught us like how to read keys of offenses and how to just help us be better players in our own right. Like so, we don't always have to depend on like somebody else to make a play. We can make plays because we can see and predetermine things just off us having more knowledge. 
Yeah. Um, I'm a chime man. Uh, so like, uh, I know I play offense, but I think from what I've seen from the defense at the linebacker level and uh D line level is 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 they communicate way better now. So it's like during the spring game and certain practices, if the defense is talking before they play, I'm like, oh man, they gonna get a stop on me. So. So from what I see, the defense is communicating a lot better. Yeah, just like this, that's just a part of defense, and, and the coaches emphasize that a lot. Even offense, it's all about being communicated, and you want to communicate loud, often. You want to communicate loud and often. That's one thing that Coach Napier, that Coach Napier pushes for both sides of the ball: communicate loud and often. Because like at times, it doesn't really matter what the other team like knows or not, as long as you know what you're doing, but. It's their job to stop it. So you got to stop it. We don't really care if you hear what's going on. You just have to stop it. But what makes you a better team is by communicating loud and make sure everybody's on the same page. And even if we are all wrong, we all right. Because if we all wrong, we all right. Just make sure everybody's on the same page. As long as everybody's on the same page, we good. It doesn't matter if we run the wrong play or the right one. If everybody's on the same page and, and something synchronized is going on, that's perfect. Yeah, Tyreek, this is, I think, music to a lot of people's ears to hear, but especially that communication component, um, because that, that just seems such a critical piece to, to the defense. And one of the things, um, I actually had a good fortune of being at the Tampa um, meetup with Coach Napier the other night, and one of the big things he talked about was turnovers. And he said that at Louisiana, they kind of like did this data thing where it's like if they got two turnovers in a game, you know, they, they basically never lost. Is that And talk about kind of how the coaching staff has gone about emphasizing turnovers, how you create turnovers. Is that kind of feed into the whole communication scheme? Um, yeah. What you're kind of – Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, PT, PT, Coach, Coach uh, Tony, he actually – he pushes us to – like he, we actually have things where we see – we we uh, look at attempts like in film. We look at attempts at uh, stripping the ball. Like every day he'll set goals. He wants like two interceptions, three interceptions this week either in team or another compete peer, or he would set a goal as how many people he wants to basically make an attempt at stripping the ball. He wants at least everybody on. He'll say, all right, everybody, all 11 that's in, if you get an opportunity getting in the ball, I need at least two attempts at uh, stripping the ball. And they're kind of like coaching you through that, right? Uh, what is actually like a, the moment to go for it? No, no, no. Times like- no, no, no. You making, you, we're in team, we're in a compete peer, everybody's oh. It's full on, so you may, you got to make an attempt at the ball while, like, Lorenzo's running it. He just wanted to see us make an attempt because, obviously, out of all those attempts, somebody's going to get the ball out. Like, the chances are pretty high of everybody. If all 11 people in the game that, that touch the field can at least get two attempts on the ball, somebody, one out of those two attempts is going to make it from somebody. You don't – you never know who, but it's going to be somebody. If we, as long as we keep on gnawing at that ball, that ball's going to come out. Now, Lorenzo, have they been doing that to you all spring? Man, I had to, <laughs> I had to bring out the elbow pads. AP's one practice. My elbows were so sore, like they kept on punching out in one practice. I'm like, man, y'all gotta relax for that. Now, as a running back, does that like make you change? Does that make by the like by the time you get later in practice, would that make you like change how you run, like knowing it's coming? Or no? Nah, so that- basically, when Co- um when Coach Luke first got here, our first little like walk through little um, workout, he emphasized crossbar. And crossbar means upon contact or um, or upon the hole, we got to cross the ball with our, um, 
cross the ball with our uh, with our opposite hand. So basically, basically it became second nature. So every time I see a shadow or or I feel like somebody's on me, I cross by the ball, cross by the ball. So so this whole spring I didn't have no fumbles, but yeah, every practice they are attacking the ball. Now with Chris, you Chris, go ahead. My bad. I was just gonna ask a quick thing. So Lorenzo, this is something like you feel is very. You've just a marked change uh, with the defense this year compared to last year. Like there wasn't as much of an. Um, you didn't have guys in practice going after the ball like they are at this rate. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Now, um, now for tight ends, like what's? I really want to ask about the passing game, but it's like. Dante didn't do was on defense. So were you you were a tight end your freshman year, right? Or yeah, my so freshman like, or freshman year. So what's different? Obviously, we're running with more emphasis on the tight end in this offense. What's been the biggest difference so far from the tight end group and what they're supposed to do this year compared to the last couple years with Kyle, with Kyle and Kyle, and even last year with Emery. Um, I can't speak on the past years because I'm not. I wasn't right. really a tight end, but with this year, <clears throat> the tight end group, I feel like. Um, how can I explain this? Yeah, I feel like we're we're a little bit of everywhere with the whole group being like with some being hurt and um having three of us being switched over from um defense. I feel like we're a little bit everywhere, but that just still brings us closer because since a lot of us had to switch over, that made the o- the other guys that were already tight ends have to communicate with us and constantly help us and be like, "All right, you need you want to watch film, we can meet together." Or like people will text you like in group chats, "Oh, this is what we're doing tomorrow. Um here's the plays, make sure you study and everything like that." We all just came together as one to try to help each other because nobody really understood what was going on after the switchover. Right. I mean, a lot of you guys are – everyone's basically learning something new. I mean, it's yeah. only been 15 practices and what, there's another – is it 15 or 20 in camp? I think it's 15. So, like, there's another – there's 15 more opportunities to install stuff and get better in camp. And I know based on what you guys are saying, you guys are excited for – just to get back and be playing football it seems like just and this is just me saying this from being around and on campus it feels like a lot of the guys are more excited this year now that everything's new and it just feels like a fresh start so yeah exactly like i was saying earlier coach napier he not only did he bring the team together he tried to he's emphasizing how much like the school is one big team how much he's trying to get all the students involved like during the spring game um a few days before that he handed every play um every athlete what's the um tickets then you had to go around and have pass out tickets and whoever came um tickets whoever had the most tickets returned like won a prize or something like that so he's trying to get more he's trying to get more the school to be involved as well not only just the team yeah i mean i've I've seen that from the collective and Coach Napier. I've also seen it from Coach Golden on the basketball team. I know he was doing a fraternity tour. He went by a couple fraternities. So it's really good to see as a, like, as a student you have to see uh, the coaches. And not that you guys weren't doing this, but like the players really involved with just the average students who aren't involved with 
their sports. So like, cause like the yeah. student section against Alabama was great. I mean, the student section against Tennessee was great. FAU was great. So I'm excited that Napier is realizing that and trying to get everyone to pack the swamp week one and make it impossible for Utah to do anything. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, we all are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we opened with two pretty big opponents. I mean, I think that we've seen some, like, early rankings released, uh, you know, from ESPN, and both Utah and Kentucky are, are looking like there could be top 20 matchups for us. So I guess, like, the big question I have is knowing that, you know, what are some of the things you think you all need to improve upon um, coming out of spring and going into that fall camp in order to make sure that, like, those first two games are, are successes for you all? Um, just really have everybody stay focused and not getting caught up in all the out, um, outside noise from last season and all the rankings and everything. Just stay focused and every week just play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, uh, no rat poison. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I think last year, you know, I mean, it, the team I showed a lot of moments. Um, you know, obviously, obviously, I know you all are disappointed with what what transpired, but it did seem like there were moments where we showed a lot of flashes and, and possibility of being a good team, and a lot of the, the same guys returned to this team this year. So, I mean, I think the potential to make a huge run, you know, is all there. You know, and it seems like the just like Harrison's mentioning, the vibe on campus is very different right now. So, uh, yeah. So basically, here. basically, uh, um, the stats that came back from the games last year, the games we lost is based off of penalties. So, so if we had even two less penalties during each game or so, we would have a way better record. And but but I mean, it all happens for the better. I mean, so we're in a better position now. But I feel like you got to minimize the penalties and then. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it seems that's been a big a big emphasis. I mean even during a spring game, I think if I remember we only had like two or three and I think like two of them, two of the three were pre-snaps, but that's that's bound to happen with new O-line, new everything for the first time in front of a bunch of fans and all that. So what was looking back now that spring's done and we go into summer, what was what was the biggest, what was the best moment for like each of you in the spring? Like, do you all have like a favorite moment from whether it's a scrimmage or practice or even a spring game or something that you accomplished in the spring? Mm, just the switch from being the defense and then switching over to offense. I feel like that was my favorite because it just, it just brought me. I want to say it brought me back to my roots as well. I know I said roots earlier when I was speaking about defense, but coming here as the tight end and just being able to like show why I came here as a tight end, you know? Sat? Oh, uh, shoot. One of my best moments here, like some, like some of my best moments were like the time at practice. Cause I don't have one specific moment. I feel like I have multiple times. So, I just feel like those times at practice where you can actually like see the pro- progression happen. 
where you can actually, where you can actually see us getting better. Those are just the best times ever because everybody got high energy and everybody excited about what's going on and everybody's pretty in tune. So it just makes a, it's just a dangerous combination when you got a whole bunch of guys who are who see the progression and only want to get better and who are just willing to put it all out there for each other and let nobody get nothing. Like it's just like the just mentality this year is like the literally strangle offenses to death, like constrict. Let nothing. They have to earn everything. Everything that offenses will get this year, they will have to earn it. This defense will be very constricting and suffocating, and it's only getting better. And I feel like going to this offseason, headed up to the fall, it's just going to be a dangerous thing. It's going to be a force to be reckoned with. That's one thing I can say because everybody's ready. Everybody's willing to work. So, you know, with these guys that we have, because, you know, there's no talent shift, so. It's just time to it just it just this time and the time to fall camp. Just really just everybody working on what they need to work on, fix and improve. It's just simple fixes. Come back and then we can all get back to work and be ready for the fall. Damn, you gave me the complete political answer. I was totally expecting you to say it was the spring game with that video of the football account tweeted out. I was for sure thinking you were gonna say that. Nah, 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 nah. That wasn't my. Nah, nah, nah. That's a regular. That's a simple football play. I know. I I know. I that was just something. That a lot of people probably that gave me a little bit more notoriety. Cause a lot of people didn't know who I can't who I was because I came in last year a little late and red shirted. So that was probably just a little 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 awakening. But just a little sneak peek. Uh, you'll see a little more if all comes. They just don't know. Exactly. He's just doing his job. Exactly. Doing his job, Harrison. Man, man, I, I, I knew Sap. I've known Sap since he was in eighth grade. I remember when he, when I first saw him at St. Thomas, I was a sophomore, and I was like, "Where'd you transfer from?" And he's like, "Uh, middle school." I was like, "Ain't no way." So, just seeing that, like, I've gotten to know Sap, and I'm glad more people are getting to know him as as he continues here in Florida. Lorenzo, do you have like a favorite scrimmage run or moment or anything like that from the spring? I say one of my one of my best moments of the spring was when um like it was a very hard practice, uh competitive, very competitive practice. Um so basically my takeaway is when when uh when offense gets a score and defense gets a stop. I can't I can't recall what day it was or what practice, but it was like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth between the defense offense. Defense had to pick. Offense go down to score, and it's like, okay, defense get a sack, offense get a score. So it's like on those days, I feel like everybody's getting better. Um, the runs, I'm used to running, you know what I'm saying, like uh, running downhill and getting behind my blocks. So that felt good. But like overall, is is the hard practice. I like the hard practice when everybody was going back and forth. I got I got one more question, Harrison, and then if you got anything else, we I guess we can open it up to uh, some speakers after that. Um, but my question for for y'all is, you know, you all. I mean, I think for the three of you kind of were recognized as some some of the big guys coming out of spring. But what's another name, um, not in the spaces tonight, that you know somebody offense defense really impressed you, um, and that that's going to make a lot of noise this year. Um, I want to say Jalen Lee. 
So he really impressed me. He's shown a lot of um, growth from last season and just like from knowing the guy, he's shown a lot of growth. And then from an offensive standpoint, I say um, <clears throat> Anthony as well. As a as a leader on the team, as like the quarterback, he he's shown a lot of maturity and a lot of growth as well. So it's it's going to be great to see. Yeah. So Anthony, Jalen, um, anyone else? Anyone else that we might not know of or not seen a lot of? Because I know a few people were missing the spring game, so I was just wondering if any of them. Uh, I would say uh, Kingsley. Kingsley? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. That's good to hear. Kingsley, uh, Kingsley did great. Um, and then I feel like on defense, Ventrell. Ventrell. It's okay. great to have that guy back in the middle. I mean, that, uh, it man, seemed like I mean, that's the defense. Yeah, like the defense he, was different without him last year. Yeah, I man, he was like he's a great player. Like, <laughs> I feel like he'll do some great things this year. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Sap. I'm excited for the defense as a whole. Sap, you got anyone? You say you you say you're excited for the defense as a whole. Yeah, I was saying like with Ventrell back, but I was but I was asking like, is there anyone that we might not know who had? a great spring who may have not played in the spring game or maybe not have gotten to show as much on during the spring game? Oh, um, oh yeah, Big Boom. Big Justice, man. Justice Boom. We call him. Man, we call that kid Angry Black. He's a very, very angry player. He plays with, like, a hatred for whoever. <laughs> man, his high school... I remember watching his high school tape, and I'm like, this kid plays violent like it's a car crash every other play man oh no this kid has he has like a true hatred for whoever's in front of him i don't really understand it but he has a true hatred and he loves to play ball and he understands how to play ball so what what's the football movie where it might be like the longest yard but it's like when that guy walks between that lines he just like sees red or something i guess that's that yeah, water boy. the water boy yeah there it is. Boy. Yeah, How you not know Waterboy? <laughs> no, I because I got that I got the longest yard in the Waterboy mixed up. That's on me. Uh, nah, but yeah, he almost like that, like Bobby Boucher. It's just like yeah, he runs in there. He's gonna throw us like a ball. Bobby Boucher. Yeah, ball carrier <laughs> or whoever. He's gonna like yeah. You gonna show that he like has a very deep hatred, and you can tell when you see him play. All right, there we go. There is a preview of the Twitter Spaces from the other night. Featuring these spring standouts. And look, I love hearing turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Turnovers are an emphasis with this defense and Patrick Tony in teaching how to create more turnovers. A huge emphasis in those and just working on it, being able to work on it, put a certain number on it, making an attainable number for these players. We know how much of an issue it's been for this defense the last couple of years in creating turnovers. I'm sure, the coaching staff knows that as well. You see him focusing on that right now. And look, I think uh, the run game, another takeaway there, and we're talking about Lorenzo Lingard, it should be the focus of this offense. When you look at that running back room, when you look at what Florida has on the offensive line, those first five, six players, that's what this Florida offense is built for right now until Florida finds some more receivers they can count on as far as consistency goes. AR was Dylan, you know, of course, coming back from the, the knee injury, a little bit rusty to start spring practice off and, of course, ended with some fireworks in the spring game. But this run game should be the focus with the way this offensive roster is constructed right now and Billy Napier's background. 
I think it's a perfect marriage for year one for Florida with what the roster has right now. We'll see how that equates to wins, but I do think they can open it up a bit more than what we saw Billy Napier at Louisiana just because of AR's potential, but I still think this run game is going to be the focus for this offense. And then the standouts. I think that we should take note of that as well. AR, his leadership, heard that numerous times this spring. Good to hear it again. Uh, but also, along the offensive line, Kingsley Eggleton, right there at center, started for the first time last year. Looks like he's already asserted himself as a leader of that offensive line group. Your center should be. Your center should be a leader among that group. He's not as experienced as some of those guys that are out there along with the offensive line, but garnered that experience last year, played pretty well at center on a consistent level, and I like what I saw from him, and I expect him, expect him to take another big step this season for the Gators. And, of course, you look at defensive line, and that's one big question that we have for this Florida Gator team. Maybe the biggest question. It was my biggest question coming in the spring. Still may be my biggest question coming out of spring. We'll talk about that in the next episode of Gators Breakdown. But hearing Jalen Lee and Justice Boone's names brought up, unsolicited there now. I mean, of course, Tyreek Sapp's going to talk about his position group, but we know the help Florida needs with Jervon Dexter there up front. He can't be the only one. So hearing Jalen Lee, hearing Boone's name, encouraging. So while we didn't hear a whole lot of players' names along that defensive front throughout spring, we heard Desmond Watson's name a little bit toward the beginning of spring practice. But, you know, we didn't see much in the spring game except for Tyreek Sapp's performance and, and what he did uh, all night in, in that Thursday night spring game. But being able to hear Jalen Lee and Justice Boone, maybe there's an encouraging sound. Maybe there's a couple players we can look out for there. Of course, we, we expect Florida to hit the transfer portal there if they can and, and getting that, of course. And Daryl Jackson's a name. I know the hot topic there of um, maybe almost committing to Miami this past weekend. That was the hot rumor that was out there. I don't think he was close to committing, but I do think the hot the, the interest is high there. He's visiting Florida coming up this week as well. Uh, so Florida needs to try to put the foot down uh, this week as far as Daryl Jackson goes to transfer from Maryland and get some help up front. But it is encouraging hearing a couple of players like Jalen Lee and Justice Boone's names brought up. And then one more time hearing from about Ventrell Miller and him being a leader in that linebacker core, limited as far as his class schedule, being able to take part in spring but still showing up in a new defense, a limited opportunity, still a player that's standing out. Florida needs him. Florida needs him to stay healthy. Florida needs his leadership at the linebacker position. So you'll hear even more from Ventura Miller just coming up right here with Ben Troop. But further in that Spaces episode, you there was a question asked to those players about the best traits that they can bring to the team. Interesting answers. Uh, by those guys there, and some funny stories <laughs> as well. If you want to see a different side of the players a bit, that's another thing the Gator Collective has uh, with these type of opportunities that they're giving us. We get to learn more about these players away from the field. You get to learn about it just a little bit in the Twitter spaces as well. So without further ado, teased it there, Ben Troop, Ventro Miller, right here on the Gator Collective, 84 Reasons. My next guest is a dude that Florida is extremely happy to have back. Ventrell Miller, what's going on, Ventrell? Man, what's going on? What's going on, man? Now, how, now, first and foremost, man, how, how's the how's the injury, man? How's everything coming back from the injury? Uh, rehab has been pretty good, man. No boys in the uh treatment room. The uh been doing a pretty good job, and all the guys I work with has done a great job with me trying to get me back. So I'm feeling 
I'm feeling a lot better, and like I said, I've been out there. I'm feeling good. So the 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 Billy Napier effect, y'all boys. Number one, y'all got more y'all got more uh, coaches than y'all got players. I think. I mean, y'all get a new coach every day. But talk about him coming in and establishing a whole new culture. Man, it just been interesting, man. I've been here for a long time, going on year eight now. <laughs> <laughs> but just to see just the different coaches, and I just like how how uh, Coach Billy came in and just really made it like a player oriented culture in a sense. Um, just interacting with all the players, uh, just creating that atmosphere where the players uh feel valued. So that's been that's been a good change. I feel, and it's just I'm just waiting till the season start, man. For real, for real. <laughs> Uh, Coach Bateman and Coach Mike P. Like, talk about them too. Having both of them at your disposal right now. Man, great guys. I can't lie. Uh, them boys is just getting us right, man. Um, as far as Coach Bateman, I know I uh, interact with Coach Bateman a lot because that's my position, Coach. But uh, Coach Bateman has just done an uh, extremely great job, just uh, getting the boys prepared, um, just teaching us the scheme, um, like building relationships with us. Uh, so it's just been a good. It's just been good, man. Having those boys around, teaching us more, learning more. Um, you know. Ventrell, man, what the, what the hell are y'all eat, eat, eating in Lakeland, man? Like, I mean, my good, we could just we could just take all our coaches, park them right there in Lakeland, and just recruit right there. When do you got to leave? Man, I don't know, man. I know for me, grandma, grandma it was throwing down in the kitchen. I ain't gonna lie to you, grandma throwing down, man. Put it on me. <laughs> Put that good weight on me. Now, Ventrell, you don't know this, man. You got a lot of your teammates. They speak very, very highly. I mean, I just spoke to Derek Wingo, man. He was talking about how much you helped this game. He talked about how when you was hurt last year, he said, look, when Ventrell was hurt, most time when guys be hurt, listen, I go to training room, I get right, I go to my own. They used to call it Muscle Beach when I played. I don't know what they call it now. But yeah. and then you go home. He was yeah, talking yeah. about how, man, you was out there coaching. You out there telling boys about what you seeing. Talk about how you stayed in the game even though you was hurt last year. Uh, that just uh, I feel like a big part of it was my resources. Uh, my co coach last year just wanted me to stay involved with the guys. Just being me being a leader, um, wanted me to stay around, keep my voice out there, keep coaching up the guys out there, and still trying to be around even though I couldn't play. Now I know last year I talked to you. I talked to you and Zach Carter, the SEC media days, man. Y'all was talking about unfinished business. It's unfinished business 2.0 for you, man. I, obviously you didn't know you was gonna have. I, I, you ain't know you was gonna have um uh, the injury, man. But talk about your senior year. And I know you've been here since 2017. But how fast did it go by though? Man, I snap of a finger, man. Time been flying. I can't lie. Uh, like you said, senior year, senior year didn't really go out as planned. Um, but like you said. 2.0, so it's definitely finna be a bit yeah this season. Uh, I know we're gonna do great things. Now, Ventrell, I look, man. I mean, obviously, I had to cover y'all. I remember when you burst on the scene. I you, you that I said, man, he that he, I said he's that tweener. Like he big enough to he big enough to smack off his lineman. But man, when you get that rock in your hand, man, eighty some yards on the pick, man, man, where that where that athletic ability come from? Man? I take it back, man. Y'all don't know I played a little running back back in the day, man. So I always felt like I had the speed. I know I don't look like it a little bit, but that speed, though, man, I ain't gonna lie. Now you guys got when I, the linebacker position. None of y'all guys to me are the same. You, Dewan, you know, you talking about Derrick Wingo. I mean, you talk about you the Chief Borders. Talk about how having such a, a different different kind of linebacker in the room makes it so that look, man, we all specialize in something different, but together we gonna be hell out there. Yeah, that's that's what I think. What makes it special? Just everybody just having a unique playing style, unique role, like like 
some people can't do this, but uh, another person can make up for it in a sense. Um, different play styles, and it's just you just see like everybody's development, how it's just been different, and just see what they could bring to the table. It's been interesting on uh, just looking at that. There you go. Hearing from Ben Troop, Ventrell Miller. Ready to see Ventrell Miller back on that field. One more year. <laughs> we thought last year would be his last year with the unfortunate injury. One more crack at it. One more shot at it. Leading that linebacker group. Leading Dewan Black. Leading Derek Wingo. Leading those young linebackers, Scooby Williams. Jamar James, and he gets in in the fall. I like that linebacker room as far as talent goes. You got the experience and the leadership of Ventro Miller leading those guys. Might have been the position group that took the biggest jump in spring. See how it all translates in the fall. So good, good job there by Ben Troop. You can hear more of that on 84 Reasons, uh, the Gator Collective podcast. It's available on all the podcast platforms out there. So all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.